Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting NFL edition of Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We got an interesting Twitter poll out there that we'll, uh, Michael, talk about. And of course, listen to us on your favorite podcast delivery system. I give us a five star rating for this uh, week 12 in the NFL recap. And of course, uh, alongside me, the newly crowned half century year old. Mike. Hey, buddy. Thanks for recognizing my birthday. I appreciate that. And uh, we appreciate all of our fans on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram that uh, check in with us with our polls. And this week we ran a confusing one because there was a story. We put a poll up asking who was the next coach to be fired or at least on the hot seat, including Matt Nagy. And then the story came out that he had been fired. And so we changed the poll, and then the story came out that he wasn't fired, and we saw him coach on Thanksgiving Day, Dave. So uh, long and short of it is, this is the poll not including Matt Nagy, uh, (laughs) assuming he's at least uh, assumed fired at the end of the year, I guess. I don't know. Uh, We'll know what Chicago tells us. Uh, We're ready to know. But uh, the poll we did answer or ask was – you know, who is the coach that's uh, in the hot seat after week 11? And surprisingly, Dave, uh, most answers came in for Pete Carroll at 43%. Urban Meyer had 38 Joe Judge at 19 and Brian Flores uh, without any on the Twitter poll. But I do want to direct your attention to our Facebook page where uh, superfan Tom Roach said, I don't see Jacksonville firing their iconic college coach. My guess would be the Dolphins. Very inconsistent year. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, there was at least one voice of reason. I would have voted for the Dolphins if uh, Matt Nagy wasn't in there. But what do you think, Dave, of Pete Carroll getting uh, the most votes in this poll, buddy? Yeah, you know, we talked a little last week about their struggles. And, of course, here we are on Monday night, so we haven't seen – uh, the latest uh, Seattle results, good, bad, or indifferent. Right. Uh, but I look, they're three and seven. I mean, this is and it's not a good team. Uh, we've talked about that, so I, I'm not all that surprised. Um, it's difficult when you think about Pete Carroll's overall career, uh, and you think, gosh, there's no way Seattle would let him go. But you know, I think the rope is running out here. Um, and they are just there's so many teams that they are going to have to battle. And now, you know, we'll get into the 49ers. Uh, they're playing very well. You still have Arizona. Uh, then that's just in their division. So I, I'm not surprised. No, uh, it's a little surprising because they just signed him to a big extension last year through 2025. But it's clear to me and, and apparently others that. At the end of the season, either Russell Wilson is leaving or Pete Carroll is leaving. And um, I don't know if I, if I were the owner of an NFL franchise, I'd take the proven quarterback um, if one of them had to go. But we'll see what happens. That's what makes these polls fun. Uh, Dave, some fun and some not fun was had on uh, – turkey gravy dessert day thanksgiving day uh with the three games we had uh i guess we'll just go in chronological order uh first game uh probably the gravy of the three games uh unanimously here is was the bears and the lions although the score ended up 16 14 and certainly um that score would indicate a fun game not so much fun was had what do you think buddy uh, no, uh, really not much to discuss other than, you know, everybody was holding their breath to see what was going to happen if the Bears won or they lost and what was going to happen with Nagy and they won and uh, a little chip shot field goal uh, right as time expires to crush uh, the winless Lions minimal at best hopes of winning in this game. Uh yeah, that that's about it. And the Lions' schedule does not look very favorable. Uh, looking at it, I, I'm not sure there's a spot in there where they could win the rest of the way. I think that only game I saw where they might win is Atlanta potentially. Okay. Um, but Detroit is well on their way to 
their second winless season in team history, which would be, well, it's just awful. I mean, there's no other way to talk about it. It's awful. Yeah, you should be able to turn your jerseys in for free if you're still a Lions fan after that and get you know get a rebate on that because uh, that's crazy or maybe you know another team since you're now an NFL free agent but uh, so the middle game Dave uh, was the Cowgirls right versus um, the Raiders from Las Vegas yes and this turned out to be a really good football game uh, filled with you know two uh, good quarterbacks and semi-good defenses apparently and i still think um cd lamb's running open in this Ra- raiders secondary even though the raiders won 36 33 what are you were you getting notes on this one buddy <laughs> well there was lots of offense not much defense and 14 count them Thank 14 you. penalties on each team including one drive where there was three in a row. Uh, it just like on a field goal attempt. I mean, it was painful. Uh, I think for me, the good thing was we got done with dinner, sit down to watch, actually watch this game and was able to tune in right in the fourth quarter when the teams, you know, went back and forth uh, in the last three minutes, you get a, uh Dallas driving down and uh, Schultz gets the touchdown, the 32 yarder and the two point conversion. Mm-hmm. And then the Raiders drive down and they kick a 56 yard field goal. You're thinking, no way. Yep. Goes in um, just under two minutes. And then Dallas drives down the field and kicks a field goal with 24 seconds left. And they end up going to overtime. Uh, so, you know, fourth quarter, very, very entertaining. Uh, both quarterbacks, you know, Dak Prescott throws for 375, Carr throws for 373, uh, all the kinds of fun things you want to see. And of course, you know, overtime, a huge play gets decided when uh, they throw deep to Zay Jones and there's a big pass interference yep. that goes for 33 yards and, and basically gets the Raiders in, in field goal range after a, a three play and out possession by the cowgirls yeah i think that that was the right call on that particular play but there was too many calls as you said you know 28 penalties between two teams absolutely. and those are just the accepted ones right absolutely crazy <laughs> this game was on for like seven hours because oh, of all the yeah, penalties it, yeah. and, and everything um, but you know a good matchup and, and a good game and you know Dallas has now lost three out of four and you know you're down to seven and four uh, of course still a stranglehold on the NFC East but um, you know not the juggernaut that a lot of, of the national prognosticators were saying they are and uh, the Raiders uh, you know up to six and five and still scuffling out there you know with all their uh, adversity off the field uh, they really have proven to be tough mentally and um here they are six and five with you know a scary offense and you know an average i would say defense but still gonna get some people some trouble down the line dave absolutely and you look at you know they're only a game back of the chiefs uh this is just very competitive we'll talk the broncos won uh you know this division is is going to be up in the air right to the end yeah. I think and the Raiders are in the thick of it interesting stat for the Raiders Mike they have won nine of their last 10 overtime games oh really very interesting uh, through so several coaches I would say so it's not con- coaching staff consistent but good for them nope nope just Could you know luck of the draw there luck of the draw yeah absolutely good stat buddy um and then let's get to the dessert of the night, Dave. You want to talk about your Buffalo Bills? Oh, yeah. That 31 certainly six. was. Yeah. Yeah, certainly was dessert for me, 31-6 over the Saints. And uh, I know we were texting back and forth a little bit, and I was watching this with some family. Boy, I, I know Buffalo has a good defense. We've talked about this uh, most of the year. Boy, the Saints just looked awful yes. on offense. Uh, just could never get anything. I mean, they had the one, the one drive to get a touchdown. You know, in the second half when the game was really, I mean, it's twenty-four nothing at that point. Um, they get a ten-play, sixty-five-yard drive. But beyond that, I mean, 
they only had 190 total yards and 65 of them came on that drive late in the third quarter. So that's all you need to know there. Uh, Josh Allen certainly looked somewhat better, uh, still throwing some bad interceptions uh, and through his first ever red zone interception, Mike, he yeah. had been uh, lacking the big, had the big zero bagel in the turnovers in the red zone. Um, still making some bad decisions, uh, but, you know, decided, you know, he definitely came out uh, a lot better in the second half uh, and was able to throw for a couple of touchdowns and threw for four in the game. Uh, Dawson Knox caught two of them, and uh, he has, you know, seems to have gotten back into rhythm after being out for a few weeks with, with injuries. Uh, and if you if you haven't seen uh, the Stefan Diggs touchdown, uh, definitely go and watch that because he jukes out yeah. poor Lattimore. He literally jukes him four different times. I, I don't even know how anybody could cover. Uh, and it's just a five yard pass. They're you know they're on the five yard line. Uh, it's just this way, that way, this way, that way, and touchdown. Um, just complete juke all over the place. Uh, Buffalo converts 61% on their third downs, which is good. They run for 113 yards, so that there was a more of a commitment to the run, which you know they've been beating that to a dead horse. The media the last few weeks. So uh, Buffalo gets back in the groove, gets to seven and four, and now you know sits and wait and awaits. The big battle on Monday night with the big bad New England Patriots. Yeah, um, that's going to be some football game for sure. Uh, but uh, this game, Dave, was the tale of two halves, really offensively. Um, yeah. Like you said, uh, Allen just looked like a different player in the second half, and uh, that route that Diggs uh, pulled off was unbelievable. We've seen Hunter Renfro, Cooper Cup run the, that route, and that's about it. Um, to have the uh, just ability to even keep your balance going back and forth like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, we would topple over like uh, Weeble Wobbles, if you remember what those were from your childhood <laughs> days. But uh, if you don't, look it up, folks. Dave, where do you stand uh, with the Matt Breida versus Singletary versus Zach Moss backfield? Um, I, there's a lot of chirping out here about Breida getting more run. Uh, and, you know, he certainly does look good <clears throat> in the opportunities he gets. Um, and, uh, and then uh, we'll touch on the Tredavious White injury after that. But uh, Yeah, yeah. I, I, th I think, you know, it's interesting because some of it is circumstantial. Like he was a healthy scratch for a bunch of weeks. We talked about that. Right. Uh, I think the other piece is that the commitment, I believe, coming in was Moss and Singletary together. So nobody has really grabbed hold of this job uh it, it's been a week to week thing this week zach moss is a healthy scratch so breda gets more time uh he certainly is fast and provides a nice change of pace but uh, mike we've talked about this for you know almost two years now zach moss just he's just a beast he's that like marshawn lynch kind of body and got, has some of that breakaway speed. Uh, I, I've been disappointed uh, that he has not played a bigger role uh, or done well when he has been in there. I mean, he's had a couple games here and there, but, uh, you know, and my disappointment is, is equal, I think, with Singletary as well. You know, they just... They just haven't quite gotten it. Now, you could make the argument, too. Some of that has to do with the injuries on the offensive line, and there has not been a lot of consistency there. Uh, but even with their opportunities, they haven't done it. So at this point, Breda is contributing, and he, they're going to continue to play him, Mike. Uh, if he's going to continue to you know make big plays and get in the end zone when he gets the ball. Yeah, absolutely, and, and as well they should. I think Zach Moss is uh, a victim of the design of the offense, and really, you know, it's it's pass-heavy out of the backfield. Not that he can't do that, but it's more of a 
quick scat back type uh, running back that would be better in that offense, and that's why you see Singletary. And now Brita is kind of the nice mixture of both. Um, and he has that breakaway speed and things and a little more size than Singletary. So uh, Zach Moss may be wrong style for the team he's on, uh, but when they do need him, he certainly can get the job done uh, above and beyond. So, uh, And then lastly, Dave, I hate to ask, and I mentioned it a second ago, uh, non-contact injury by Tredavious White, blows out his ACL, done for the year. Uh, do I need to ask how that impacts the team the rest of the way? I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, you don't need to ask. It, it's, it's a devastating injury to lose, you know, the, the, the captain, the, the anchor to your defense. Uh, the bills are very lucky to have other experienced secondary players. Uh, certainly with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, mm -hmm. they still have a lot of veteran talent there. But you're talking about Trey Davies White, um, and he's been great. Dane Jackson is is going to be in his place. He's played a little bit here and there. He has some experience, but he's not Trey White. And you know now teams are will start throwing a little bit more. Uh, I'm sure against Dane Jackson and test him mm -hmm. early on. We know that the Patriots are notorious for doing things like that and targeting. Uh, folks, uh, players like that. So don't be surprised to see Dane Jackson get tested early uh, in this this upcoming game. Um, but every team deals with injuries, and so they're just going to have to, you know, continue to. Uh, players are going to have to step up and make plays, and right. um, you know, uh, the the beat goes on, if you will. It is, but it is a very tough loss for the Bills. Yeah, very much so, um, and it is unfortunate, but I don't think it precludes them from making a deep run. Uh, certainly will make it harder for sure, and you're, you're right. If you don't think Bill Belichick got where he is by attacking, you know, the newest, youngest, uh, weakest link on the defense, uh, you're crazy. So certainly will be tested early, and I'm sure Buffalo will give them plenty of help over there. Uh, so that wraps up our Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day games, Dave. Uh, so let's roll right into Sunday early afternoon style. And I'll go right uh, right off on my Giants, buddy, uh, since we're right there. The Giants win 13-7 to against the Philadelphia Eagles in an ugly, ugly football game. Oh. You know, I told oh, Dave yeah. early that... Uh, you know, it was a defensive struggle, but honestly, it was just inept offenses on both sides. Uh, and we saw uh, Jalen Hurts have uh, the worst game of his professional career against this Giants defense. He went 14 for 31 for 129 yards and three interceptions, um, one of which was just a killer at the end of the first half where they had a guaranteed oh, yeah. three points to put on the board and he uh, scrambles and throws to the right front of the end zone and Tay Crowder picks him off uh, as time expires and thankfully it did because he fumbled the ball but it went out, <laughs> it went out of bounds uh, would have been giant ball but still um, you know Julian Love had an interception it was just a uh, an ugly game by uh, Jalen Hurts uh, and uh, they couldn't run the ball either buddy it was really um, Oh, actually, they could run the ball, but it didn't seem like they committed to the run is what I meant to say. I mean, that Boston Scott was like a, a human muscle. Um, see, people just jump off of him. He ran for 15 attempts and 64 yards. Uh, Sanders had nine attempts for 64 yards. Uh, Hertz had eight attempts for 77 yards. Uh, so they ran for 208 yards. Uh, on 33 attempts and a touchdown. But I never felt, Dave, like they, they were committed to the run. I don't know why Miles Sanders isn't getting more uh, touches. I mean, the guy is dynamic and um, really has already proven in this league that he can do it, whether he's not healthy or, you know, Boston Scott just seems to be the better option right now. But it's crazy. But the big scapegoat in Philadelphia is Jalen Rager. And uh, any highlight film or uh, show you'll watch will show him dropping the ball twice uh, in oh. or near the end zone. And they were two really bad drops. Let's not get it twisted. As a Giant fan, certainly grateful that they fell. You know, at the time in the heat of the battle, I thought great defense. But seeing the replays, I realized it was good defense, but uh, just even worse execution by Jalen Rager. So 
Uh, would it be a completely different outcome with those two? Of course. But we'll take it as Giants fans where they honored Michael Strahan at halftime and retired her number, as they seem to do every week this year. There has some kind of uh, <laughs> ceremony. I know. We're there. Crazy. Right. It is crazy. Daniel Jones uh, not exactly lighting it up, 19 for 30 for 202 yards and a touchdown uh, on one of the craziest catches you'll ever see. Uh, the backup tight or backup uh, fullback, Mysick, uh, catches the balls thrown low and hard, only where he could get it, hits him in the chest, rolls all the way down his legs between his knees, and he kind of catches it uh, between his knee and shin with his legs. Uh, and the ball does stay off the ground as, as much as, as, much as uh, the Philly fan wants to cry about it. It did not touch the ground. The replays were very clear, uh, and it was a touchdown. And that was it for the Giants as far as, um, you know, they had several good um, drives but never could really – put this game away my son asked me have we ever played a game where we're comfortable in the fourth quarter with our lead and i said not since i can remember uh i'm sure we have no way Uh, yeah yeah it's never uh comfortable uh barkley was okay you know the the guy i'm so down on dave is kenny galladay he had seven targets for three three catches oh my gosh yeah yeah go ahead i've been talking a while tell talk to me about no no it's fine it's just (laughs) you know that they had a i I think it was a drive in the first half and oh first down or second down and you know and he he comes across the field and it's only like a four-yard pass uh but, you know, they throw it, it hits him right in the hands, and he drops it. And, you know, Schlereth was doing the game. And he says, you know, he just has to catch that. Uh, yeah, the defender's right on him, and he makes a play. But you got to catch that ball. And they, you know, they've brought him in. They've paid him big money to be the number one guy. And like you say, seven targets and only three catches, multiple drops. I mean, these are not couple of these, they were not balls where Daniel Jones threw it over his head. It, these balls hit him on the hands, and he's just dropping them. And, you know, we've talked about this all season long, the drops, the fact that he hasn't played half the games. Uh, really need him to step up and, you know, three catches, yeah. three catches. I mean, Daniel Jones, I mean, threw the ball 30 times. It wasn't like they didn't throw the ball. Right. Um, and definitely threw it a lot at Galladay, but yeah, he, he's gotta, he's gotta do more. Uh, I I think too, Mike, um, the offensive line was hit and miss here for the giants. And, and that has been a storyline for years and years. Uh, they need some work there on the offensive line. There's some, some plays, you know, they block great and Barkley has a huge run and then, you know, something else happens and they don't block at all and Jones is running for his life. So they got to work on that a bit. Uh, the defense, uh, I I agree. There are definitely some struggles by the Eagles, but the Giants made some big plays. Sure. You know, they, despite the fact that Philadelphia was not playing all that well, the Giants did make some big plays on defense. Uh, you That's had right. texted me a couple of times with some big stops when Philadelphia was going for it on fourth down. And those things don't always show up uh, in the statistics when you stop teams on fourth down. And do it twice in a game that's only decided by six points. Uh, those are two huge moments in the game. Yeah, no, absolutely uh, no short shrift at all to the defense and defensive effort who was on the field. It felt like a long time. Time of possession wasn't that crazy, but uh, it felt like they were on the field a long time. And, and the Eagles did have a 90-yard drive uh, to end the first half, so uh, the halftime couldn't have come at a better time uh, with the interception and running into the tunnel. Uh, you know, again, Graham Gano continues to probably be the MVP of this team as a, as a, as the kicker. Uh, you know, consistent, uh, hitting everything out there. So that was good. Um, there was one other thing I was going to hit on, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, so let's move on, Dave. Uh, the other game that was on at that time, and I know you kept a closer eye on than I did, obviously, because I was eyeballing the Giants, was the uh, Colts and the Buccaneers and your boy Tom Brady. 
And Tom Brady oh. gets another last-minute uh, win, 38-31, in a really good football game, right, Dave? Uh, it would have been better if the Colts had, uh, you know, won. But right, or decided yeah, to no, run Jonathan Taylor the first three quarters. Yeah, you know, definitely the Colts are definitely uh, a, a team to be reckoned with. We've talked about them for a couple of weeks, uh, but they just could not stop Leonard Fournette in this game. Uh, I, I, when he played at LSU, and I know like guys get bigger and bigger, but I never thought of him as a big bruising back, oh, and no. now he just. He just seems huge when he runs the ball. I I, I don't know why. Uh, I'm sure he's gotten physically bigger, you know, more muscular. But I always thought of him as a faster kind of guy, and that's not really who he is. And his his big touchdown to go ahead uh, late in the game. I mean, he breaks free and gets down down near the five yard line or six yard line. And there's a Colts defender there and, and Fournette just puts his shoulder down and just runs into him and just carries the guy into the end zone. I, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's not yeah. quite Derek Henry, Marshawn Lynch kind of stuff, but I was impressed with Fournette, uh, three rushing touchdowns. He caught a passing touchdown, a receiving touchdown as well. Uh, Gronkowski had seven catches for 123 yards. That's easily his best game uh, regular season in quite some time. Absolutely. Uh, no touchdowns, but still the, the, the catches. And he was Tom Brady's favorite target, 10 targets there uh, to Gronkowski. But, you know, it's one of those things. The Colts tied the game. Plenty of time for Brady. He just dink, 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 right down the field. And, again, Fournette. Uh, so, you know, here's Tampa Bay. And, you know, you just look at them sitting there at 8-3, and three and I, I'm hard-pressed to say they're not going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I mean, they're going to have to play Green Bay. But, um, but why would you think anything else at this point, which, again, as – as we've talked about the puke emojis and I was throwing <laughs> puke emojis at Mike about as fast as my fingers could get the puke emoji to go. Um, but you know, all of that being said, uh, a good win for Tampa Bay. This was a back and forth and the Colts were ahead for a lot of it. Uh, so yeah, it's, that's how it goes. And Tampa Bay sits at eight and three and the Colts in a very, very difficult AFC uh, playoff picture fall to six and six. Yeah, and I made the crack about uh, running Jonathan Taylor because he ended up with 16 run rushes for 83 yards and a touchdown, but 59 of those came in the fourth quarter, Dave. I mean, that's how much he was shut down by that Tampa offense and Bruce Arians saying afterwards, yeah, nobody runs on us, uh, you know, and he they have yet to be proven wrong. Uh, in that scenario, Taylor came in with, you know, uh, the words MVP on his ears, and, and rightfully so. Uh, that Indianapolis Colts uh, offensive line, one of, if not the best in the league, and uh, they just could not run the ball against this Buccaneers defense. And then ultimately, I think that's why uh, you have to say that they're as scary as they are for a repeat appearance in the Super Bowl anyway, is that defense coupled with you know the Tom Brady magic and all the uh, weapons that come along with that now on your Leonard Fournette point buddy uh see I always thought in LSU he was the opposite he went through people when he couldn't go go around when he went around he was super fast but uh yeah uh, but also I think he runs a little more up and down than he has in the past uh not yeah. all the way up yeah I would down. agree um but definitely the style has changed a little so a little bit of both of that, but this was a an entertaining game and a bitter loss for uh, the Colts that you know were riding the high of beating Buffalo and um, having you know a nice comeback to get to 500 or above 500. Uh, but the battle goes on for both of these teams. I think we'll see both of these teams playing pretty late into the season. Dave, what's the next? Yeah, game? go ahead. Um, at last last bit on this is. You know, Indianapolis loses by a touchdown, and they turn the ball over five times. Right. I mean, you just you just can't you just it just can't happen. 
um, as far as that goes. So one of the teams, Mike, that uh, the Colts probably, well, two teams are going to be competing with, uh, the Patriots and the Titans, yep. and a uh, lot of hype going into this game. Boy, this this game was not all that close. Uh, Tennessee, uh, some self-inflicted errors. We had a couple of doinks in the first half. Couple uh, as I was texting you, the Tennessee got a touchdown to tie early, doink the extra point. Um, the Patriots uh, were up 10-6, and then they drive down with a field goal, and Tennessee 44 yards, doink, and, you know, they do a really good job, uh, the networks, getting mics on the goalposts because you hear the the doink. I mean, you really hear, like, the the metal kind of shake yeah. when it hits. The um, so yeah. it is It is a very, very clear noise, whereas 10 years ago you didn't hear that kind of stuff. Uh, just, you know, some self-inflicted wounds with Tennessee. Uh, and, you know, the Patriots, you just watch them, and uh, they just... You know, it, it, you could see the the Belichick, you know, the all of the previous years. Uh, and I watched a lot of Patriots games because I'm a Bills fan. And, you know, and they were on all the time, by the way, right. uh, on TV. But they just, it's just, they just do these things. They run the ball just enough to win. And that Mac Jones doesn't have to make a lot of big throws. And they... You know, he's a lot of short passes and, uh, you know, one of the, one of the touchdowns, one of the uh, passing touchdowns, I think it was Kendrick Bourne. Like, it's just a simple crossing pattern over the middle, and then he just runs to the sideline and the Titans can't tackle him, and he goes in the end zone. Like, right. you know, and we've seen that for years with Wes Welker and, you know, insert, you know, small rec wide receiver name here. <laughs> Um, and the Patriots have done that, and they just continue to do that. And early on with the, you know, punting and getting Tennessee in bad field position, uh, the Patriots, and this is how the Patriots have won now, a, a league high uh, six games in a row. Um, right now the best winning streak in the NFL. Uh, and... They're they're doing well. The, the funny thing with Tennessee is they ran the ball for 270 yards in this game. Uh, you would think that they would have done pretty well, uh, but they only scored 13 points. It was 36-13. And, Mike, this is Tennessee. So this game is 16-13 at the half, mm -hmm. uh, and it feels like, okay, New England probably should be ahead by more. Maybe Tennessee should have had some more points. And here's Tennessee's second-half possessions. Give them to me. Fumble, three plays and out, punt, interception, turnover on downs, fumble. Wow. Pathetic. So really just can't, can't get anything done. You know, the first drive of the second half, Foreman rips off a 30-yard run and fumbles, and the Patriots recover. Um, you know, it, it just you can't get anything done uh, when you're literally giving the other team the ball. Uh, you know, four of those times and a three play and out. Uh, it, it's just as bad on offense as you can be uh, in a half. Yeah, Dave, uh, well said on all of that. Uh, the only thing I'll say is Tennessee came to this gunfight with a toy plastic knife. I mean, really deep, deep into their practice squad uh, at every key skill position with uh, Hilliard and Foreman at running back and uh, Nate Westbrook and Colin Hollister uh, as their top two wide receivers. Uh, their tight ends had a nice day, but uh, Tannehill really struggled because of you know his lack of skill, skill position players. Uh, and they'll get healthy. Uh, the Adrian Peterson era, you know, ended as quickly as it began there. And, uh, you know, they'll get healthy at running back and at receiver uh, sooner rather than later. And as long as they can try and tread water, you know, this was not the Tennessee team 
that they hope to put on the field when the playoffs hit. So uh, as well as New England played, uh, still not playing against uh, a fully loaded roster there, to, to say the least, Dave. Uh, yeah, and uh, one uh, final stat for the Patriots. Uh, when they score 30 or more points uh, since Bill Belichick has been coach, you ready for this, Mike? Sure, buddy. Their record is 135 and 8. Wow. 135 and 8. If the Patriots score more than 30 points, they're going to win. Yeah. Uh, and so that is, I, I thought that was just cra- a crazy number uh, to see that. Well, that uh, reminds me of 20 plus years. My favorite, you know, Tom Brady quote when they were interviewing them on media day before they played the Giants. And uh, someone said Plaxico said the scores were 27 24 Giants. And he looked at the camera and said, We're only going to score 24 points. And guess what? That's exactly what they scored. So um, <laughs> stick that. Was that before or after Plexico shot himself? Uh, just j- slightly before. <laughs> if we, if only we had a time machine, that whole season went up in smoke, literally, Dave. Oh, uh, my but God. We'll, we'll digress to uh, yeah. teams whose uh, whole roster has gone up in smoke, and that's the Carolina Panthers, buddy. Oh. Uh, I think the Cam Newton experiment is over. He got benched for P.J. Walker. Uh, the whole circus from the week before with pulling his helmet off and yelling, I'm back. Uh, that's done. He uh, went five for 21, folks, for 92 yards and two interceptions in the first half. And Yeah, uh, that's that's what we saw with uh, when he was in the with the Patriots last year. Exactly. Same same person. Um, Christian McCaffrey had 10 attempts for 35 yards, but came out in the first half. And uh, it was announced right before we started recording, Dave. I don't know if you saw it. He's out for the Oh, I the did. Yep, yep. And back this third time being injured this season. Yep. Uh, you know, He's and my... Played, uh, what was it? 13 games in the last two years out of, you know, a possible 33. Uh, unbelievable. Right and, after uh, signing the contract, so... Oh, of course, yeah. of course. And my, uh, my oldest son... Uh, when we had our fantasy football draft, he was very surprised that Christian McCaffrey was like the first pick or the second or third pick. And he's like, I don't understand. The guy's always injured. I'm like, well, when he's healthy, he's really good. And then this year, I think it's just, it's out the window. And if he, if he is a top pick in anybody's fantasy draft next year, those people should have their head examined, Mike. Yeah. And I agree. And the people that put their, uh, eggs in the basket of Sam Darnold at quarterback and him being healthy and them competing, um, which was clearly what the front office did uh, for the Panthers. Uh, both of those have to be drastically re-exam- re-examined as uh, their season, uh, if it wasn't already over, uh, is now and probably tomorrow we'll nominate them for get out of here, uh, even though their <laughs> record isn't that terrible. And the Dolphins no, get No, no, it's not. Yeah. yeah, and the Dolphins play really well. You know, Tua has, you know, a really good game, 27 of 31 for 230 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, it, and, and we've been, you know, talking about him. And is he, you know, the answer? I don't think this game means that he's the answer, but he mm-hmm. did play well. He did. He very well did. Uh, so there's only three games in the afternoon slate here because of all the Thursday games. And the off weeks and uh the marquee matchup of course dave is the rams and the packers with the packers winning 36 28 in the toe bowl uh where (laughs) we saw aaron Rodgers early fake the pitch and uh do the naked bootleg and run around jalen ramsey of all people um because he made a fake uh uh, arm throw as well and ramsey didn't know who was behind him and and rogers had had enough to just get around the corner and uh, get through this game with his uh, fractured pinky toe that we'll find out tomorrow whether or not he's going to have surgery on or not. Um, but this game, you know, really disappointed from the Rams' point of view, Dave. I really, oh, yeah. I sent you the text, and I agree with it more now than before I sent it, whereas I'm thoroughly underwhelmed by the Rams' defense this season. And uh, as much as you want to pick on what their offense has or hasn't done, uh, including run the ball. 
Uh, the Rams defense gives up an awful lot of points for a team that's supposed to be, you know, the second coming of the 85 Bears. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, so let me throw this one at you, Mike. So the Rams are 7-4, and four, um, and so all four of their losses have come when they've allowed 25 or more points. So mm-hmm. right on par. Yeah, this defense, who we thought was, you know, really, like you said, uh, going to rank right up there with some of the greats, they just have not performed. I heard on a, on a listening to my uh, Chris Russo, the Mad Dog, today, and somebody called in. Same thing. They just can't get it done on defense, and that that is where the problem is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't think there's any uh, doubt about that. We did see Odell go deep. Um, I'd be surprised uh, if we see him play the next couple of weeks. He's pretty bruised in the back area, and they were putting uh, hot packs on it in between series, and he's definitely, uh, you know, banged up to say the least. Um, Funny story, Dave. Before the game, Odell uh, texted Devontae Adams of the Packers, his opponent in the game, and said, yeah, after the game, I'd like to exchange jerseys. And Adams texted back to him, why don't you get Cooper Cup's jersey? Because that's who you chose to go and play with. And uh, oh. it was just one of those burns, man. It was uh, nasty. And Devontae uh, had no uh, qualms about making that conversation public. So uh, good on him. <laughs> uh, he did end up sending his jersey over. Uh, to the Rams locker room, but didn't get uh, a jersey back or a reply. So interesting <laughs> on that as well. Um, but semantics aside, you know, the Packers went up 36-17 to end the third quarter, and that was the ball game, buddy. Uh, yeah. And uh, that was done on a pick six where uh, my boy Cooper Cobb really didn't finish a route, didn't come back to the ball, uh, and was picked off, and Douglas ran it in. Uh, for a touchdown and uh, the two-point conversion was good and uh, that was all she wrote 36-17 after that uh, the Rams did get a couple of garbage time uh, touchdown and a field goal to make it 36-28 and a a, a onside kick to end the game essentially Um, but it wasn't really in jeopardy even at that point Um, so what did you see from this game buddy? (laughs) <laughs> well, I saw Matthew Stafford throw a pick six in his third straight game. You did. Uh, that is just, I mean, we've talked about how bad his numbers are with the pick sixes, and some of them haven't been his fault, but yep. um, nonetheless, Mike, another, uh, these stats are just amazing to me. So Stafford is now, and who tracks this is, I mean, these these people, literally, this must be their entire job. <laughs> Stafford is now 0-17 versus teams that are five or more games over 500 in his career. Oh, wow. 0 for 17. And that is the most uh, losses by a quarterback uh, in that situation since 1970. Listen, he's never been in these big games, you know, with the Detroit Lions, even though I think they might have made the playoffs early, early in his career. But even yeah, maybe. Then, yeah, maybe, you know, first round bounce. But, you know, these high pressure, high stakes, you know, you're the man, take us to the promised land type uh, pressure has not been on him, you know, since he was a freshman at Georgia. And so, you know, we'll see if he has it in him to deliver with the talent. I mean, the talent's there. You couldn't ask. The Rams are all in for this season, dude. There's no doubt. You know, they've tra- they've traded away uh, all assets to get this roster loaded up. And, you know, Von Miller and Odell and all of them they've brought in. Um, I think they're in trouble. And you mentioned earlier that you think, you know, Tampa Bay is going to have to play Green Bay, um, clearly. But those are the only two teams to consider. The fact that you're not saying the Rams, I think, speaks volumes. Uh, I think the Cardinals will still be heard from. But uh, I think you're right on it there that the Rams are at least the fourth fourth best team, if not worse, uh, in the NFC right now, and is not what they made these trades for. Oh no, absolutely not. Um, and did you catch the the spot where they showed Aaron Rodgers holding his foot up to the camera, and they showed uh, the broken toe? I avoided uh, it quickly, so I saw some <laughs> you know headlines I and mean, screenshots, but. Come on, like we're gonna, 
you can't show the replay of the guy's leg going four different ways when it's way at a distance. But we got to see Aaron, we got to see Aaron Rodgers' foot right up as close to the front of the screen as you can imagine. Uh, yeah, that Dude, was I that was really the, just uh, I'm gonna really just not good. Yeah, yeah, yep. So let's so move that on was, to that was pretty gross. Event. Yeah, yeah, please, please. Like the Niners and the Vikings, this turned out to be one of the better ball games of the week, if not the best ball game of the week, uh, with the mm-hmm. Niners winning thirty-four to twenty-six. Do you have any notes there, Dave, or anything that you jotted down for this game? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, for Minnesota, um, Dalvin Cook didn't do that great. He he got hurt. We heard today he's out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, I think it's with a shoulder injury, so that doesn't bode well for them. He has not played very well this year. Um, he just – he was like an unstoppable force uh, for a good part of last year, and so kind of surprised at that. Uh, Debo Samuel, Mike – ran for two touchdowns in this game. Yep. And uh, interestingly, so here's a stat for you. He became the first wide receiver in the Super Bowl era to rush for two touchdowns in the same game. Really? Very interesting. I, I, I would have thought for sure yeah. maybe Jerry Rice had done that or Randy Moss. I mean, there have been a lot of wide receivers that – that you know get these runs but right. first one in the super bowl era so you're wow. talking about what since 1966 1967 right uh that is uh, quite a bit of time um and the niners just grounded out uh this is what they do you know elijah mitchell has 133 yards they Big dominate game. time of possession yep. 37 minutes to 22 minutes for minnesota uh San Francisco, Mike, they, we talked about it earlier in the year. If they got healthy, um, you know, and they're starting to do it. And Elijah Mitchell has really just, really just taken over with Mostert getting hurt, you know, again early in the year. Uh, Garoppolo looks good. The, the, the Niners, yeah. they're right in the mix at six and five. Mike. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Kyle Shanahan, he's going to run the heck out of the ball, and he certainly did uh, in this game. And, and good for them coming through with a hard-fought win. Uh, Justin Jefferson be, continues to be one of the main uh, weapons for Minnesota, uh, as well as Adam Thielen, who caught two touchdowns in this game. Um, but you're right, with Cook being hurt, uh, they couldn't run the ball as effectively as they definitely would like to, as well as, you know, use Cook out of the backfield. And um, here's another team whose defense has a lot of big names on it uh, and never seems to deliver in a big game, you know, with Harrison Smith and Anthony Barr and, you know, Patrick Peterson now on the team, and Kendrick's a linebacker. I mean, they've got some pretty decent names on this team and, uh, just can't seem to get it done uh and uh right now the minnesota vikings would qualify for the playoffs at five and six but if the washington football team wins tonight on monday night uh they'll surpass them and uh take over that last and final uh number seven spot in the uh, playoff race so uh minnesota's still in the thick of it but still ultimately not going to be a contender this year buddy nope and mike all six of their losses have been by seven points or less. Wow. Wow. That's so crazy. they've been in a lot of games. Yeah. Um, but you again, know, the and defense and, not stepping up at, at crunch time. Nope. Nope. So, you know, they have nobody to blame but themselves to be sitting here at five and six. They've been in every game. They've had opportunities to win. Uh, and they just to just continue to not be able to close games out uh, kind of feels a little bit like what Atlanta did last year. Uh, although Atlanta just really was, I don't think nearly as talented as this Minnesota team is. Right. Uh, if you remember, they just kept blowing, you know, big leads last year. And, um, but this is just all close games for Minnesota. So, they really have some soul searching to do, Mike. There's no two ways around it. Yeah, and I gotta believe Zimmer as well as he's done there. They're at the max, you know, their peak Zimmer. 
Um, so if he doesn't make a, a playoff run this year, he might be uh, in the offseason hot seat. But we'll see what happens with him. And then uh, Sunday night, Dave, they played a football game. And oh, um, Is that what it was called? It was bad. 16-10, Ravens over Browns. And I don't know. Neither one of these teams impressed me. Uh, always Lamar uh, has some athletic plays that makes the difference, it seems, with this Baltimore team um, against these mediocre teams that they beat and, and pad their record, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it. Uh, and this Baltimore team, who we thought was going to come back, you know, had Chubb and Hunt, uh, or not Baltimore, Cleveland, had Chubb and Hunt healthy, and you thought, you know, we know May- Mayfield's banged up, but, you know, could run the ball a lot. Not at all. 17 attempts for the whole team for 40 yards. 40 day. yards. That's yeah. pathetic. That's just not understanding who you are and what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are at quarterback because uh, the mascot – Went 18 for 37, 247, and a touchdown, and about average um, effort for him. And uh, it wasn't good enough to win a football game, Dave. I don't know what to say other than that. Uh, no, and he had the, you know, the the phantom fumble, if you will, dropping back, and the ball just falls out of his hands. And this was during a stretch where they had four or five turnovers in a row back to back to oh the, this yeah, end of the second quarter was just as bad it reminded me a lot of the Detroit Pittsburgh game a few weeks ago when they were in overtime and neither team wanted to win uh just terrible yeah I mean now cream hunt obviously is coming back after being out for a few weeks uh so maybe they were gonna go light as far as his carries go uh, but only eight carries for Nick Chubb for 16 yards. I'm not a mathematician. That's two yards <laughs> of carry. Uh, that is, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, and I did hear today, too, that one of their starting offensive linemen got hurt in this game and is out for the year. His name escapes me. Uh, but if we think about, and we've talked a few times with the Browns, their offensive line was together every game last year, and look how good they were. And they've had some injuries there, uh, so I think that affects it. But 17 running attempts is is just not getting it done. There's yeah. no two ways around it. And, yeah, Lamar Jackson, for all of his uh, great games, uh, this was definitely not one of them. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. So that kind of wraps up so far for Week 12. One more game uh, we'll go over in our next podcast, the Monday Night Football Contest with the Seahawks and the uh, football team. uh, 11.49 left in the first. No score right now uh, as we record. So uh, we'll go over that game and, of course, our college football uh, wrap-up and uh, observations for Rivalry Week. Uh, But until then, folks, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for more content. Uh, Go to some of our back podcasts and give it a listen, comment, and give us a rating as we hear at Think Tank Sports. We strive for five.